Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin Legreas, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Her Village podcast. In today's episode, Caitlin is talking to Nicole Davies, who is the Crunchy Mama. Nicole has a great community that she's built on Facebook, a great community on Instagram. And with her community, she shares easy ways for parents to learn how to approach gentle parenting, what it is to be a crunchy mama, and how to start that sort of lifestyle. In this episode, they bond over their love of freezing cold ice water, as well as acknowledging that parents start from exactly where they are, and when they know better, they do better. And so that's the kind of community and culture that Nicole is trying to create with her platform. We get to hear about Nicole's transition into motherhood and growing the community that she's been building for a few years and learning that she had lots of support and that's part of what she attributes to her success in this motherhood realm. So this was a great introduction to Nicole and what it means to be a crunchy mama We are going to be having Nicole on our Instagram live to talk a little bit more about gentle parenting, how you can get started, what that means, how that might look for you, wherever you're at. So we're super excited to have Nicole supporting us, and we're really looking forward to doing more things with her in the future. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. Um, All right. So let's just start with your crunchy mama, right? Yeah. What what does yes. that mean to you? What is like? Let's even start with the word crunchy because I think some people are probably like, "What does crunchy mean?" I don't understand, and yeah. some people probably have a definition for themselves. But what does it mean to you to be a crunchy mama? So where I got it from is when I first started when I first started my parenthood um, with my daughter. My dad used to call me crunchy mama all the time. And I was like, what does that even mean, dad? Like, I have no idea. And it's because I was, I've always been more natural minded and stuff like that. And, and my parents always have been too. I grew up with awesome, very gentle, conscious parents who talked to us about everything. So it kind of came naturally. And so then I started looking it up. And so crunchy comes from like another term being granola which comes from kind of hippie is like all these different terms. Um, So I kind of just went rolled with the nickname my dad gave me and started this page. And as the page has grown, my definition of crunchy has definitely changed a lot. Um, When I first started it, I was just, okay, it's natural mindedness. It's, you know, uh, baby wearing and cloth diapering and breastfeeding if you can. But I realized over the years that so many people want to do those things, but it's not always as easily accessible or like breastfeeding, for example, 
it is hard. It is difficult. And I always advocate for it. But my own journey with both my kids, like it was, it was hard and we pushed it through and it was awesome. But I know for some moms, it's just not, not worth it, honestly. And that's okay. So I guess my, it's just an umbrella term, in my opinion, for parents who are always searching for the the best information and education on being gentle and natural um and just always wanting to do what is best for your children but that varies from family to family as well that's really beautiful nicole i love <laughs> the way you just um, summed that up and i love that it's an ever evolving term because okay. we were just speaking about this before we hit record it really it has evolved for me i don't how old are your children um, my, I, so I have an eight year old daughter, a step, seven year old bonus son and a two year old son as well. So we are very similar in our, uh, path because I have a nine year old, a seven year old and a five year old. Wow. Oh, um, <laughs> but the, the definition has changed, right? Because you start out being like, everything is natural and great and I'm a natural parent. And then you start yeah. to realize Oh, I'm trying really hard and this isn't working or I'm or I want this very badly but it's not the right thing for my family or you know there's all these different variables and I feel like the more you go through your parenting journey the more empathy you gain for everybody else on Absolutely. their parenting journey. Absolutely. And I I ended up typing this out on a comment on Crunchy Mama a couple of weeks ago just explaining that I feel like crunchy parenting it's a spectrum and everybody's on a different journey or a different place in their journey. So, you know, like for some, like I used cloth diapers, but cloth wipes were not my thing. And I, I could not get, you know, like I couldn't do it. And I, I commend anybody who could, but I just love the way that wipes clean up any mess and I use them, you know? So there's, I think everybody has their thing that's not crunchy or many of things that aren't crunchy, you know, but you still are trying and doing everything in your power to be as natural minded as possible. Absolutely. So one of the things I would love to talk about is the motivation behind the natural parenting. We're kind of talking about it as this thing that yeah. a bunch of people, obviously you have 400,000 people that are following you. You have a huge community of people who are into yeah. this natural parenting. But my question is why, what is your why? And what are, what is the community's why do you think? So my why is definitely my biggest motivator is the um, gentle aspect that comes with uh, with crunchy parenting. Um, going back to our roots as humans, and you know the the co sleeping, the baby wearing, keeping our children close in a society that's like no, put that baby in a crib, let them cry until they fall asleep at two months old, you know, like if you think about it, if you think about it biologically, our kids need us. And so my biggest motivator from the beginning was that, that closeness, the, the keeping that, um, this bond, you know, and keeping, keeping them close. Cause that's really what we are supposed to be doing. And then as, as I evolved in my own, um, journey, I really love the idea of being resourceful and reusing and reducing um, in a consumer filled world. I love the the thought, but you know, I am just like anybody else and I love my package of Oreos every once in a while. And I, you know, like all that stuff. So I really, I think 
I like the simplicity that um, natural parenting brings. And it is hard, though. It is a hard thing to achieve in the world we live in. So that's kind of my why. As far as an overall why for the page, I just think it's parents wanting to do the best that they can for their kids. And, you know, their hearts their hearts lead them to this kind of community because they are co-sleeping or breastfeeding or using cloth diapers. I think I think for a lot of people, it's like one major thing that leads them. And then they kind of fall in love with other ideas along the way. I love that. I love, <laughs> I love that that's how we all find each other, right? It's yeah. just like, we might not even know in our heads, like what no. is available and what to do. We just sort of in our gut and our heart and our mama instincts yeah. kick in and we know that we need to do better for our children and maybe better often looks different from how we were raised or from how yeah. other people around us are raising their children. Um, but there is something so yeah. simple about the crunchy side of things, right? Just meeting children's yeah. needs and, and co-sleeping and breastfeeding and all of the sort of original parenting techniques. Yeah, exactly. I, I love the term thinking about it as instinctual parenting. Um, you know, when you let the judgments and advice of society fall off your shoulders. And, and of course, there are so many awesome people that moms are surrounded by who have great advice and who have their best interest at heart. But we have a, a, a very detached society. And so letting those ideals not affect you and really just letting you parent your child instinctually, I think I think parents realize that they can trust themselves and their own heart a lot more than they're given credit for. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. It reminds me actually of, I remember, so I was very judgy and I like, I feel embarrassed about it now because I, through my doula work and just through my deep desire to support mothers and women yeah. and parents of all kind, I have realized just how we are actually all trying the very best that we can. Um, but I was super judgy. And I remember there was a family member of mine who was like parenting in the exact opposite way of yeah. me, like schedules and bottles and like not going by the children's cue and not like waking up a sleeping baby to shove a bottle in her face yeah. and ignoring cries of hunger because it wasn't time for the bottle, like that sort of thing. And it was, yeah. it was making me so uncomfortable. And I said it to my mom, I said, mom, how, how are they doing this? You know? And she looked at me and she said kind of exactly what you just said. She said, well, I have always appreciated how much you are trusting of your own instincts to care yeah. for your child. And I was like, it blew my mind wide open to, oh, so I don't have to sit here and be like a small-minded person who's like right. being bitchy about bottle feeding and, and non-cue feeding, yes. but I can actually celebrate my own power and my own ability to tap into my maternal instincts. They're so Absolutely. powerful. They are, they are. And uh, something I've learned too is there are certain topics, you know, that I am very, I feel very strongly about. And there are certain things where I've done the research and I've, you know, I've come to the conclusion that, okay, like this is how I want to do it. But I know that some people, they, they're just doing the best that they know how to. And so, you know, that's why I always like, I preach about it just being a journey because like, honestly, I like with my son, he's, I did not circumcise him. And 
what had he been my first because he's my youngest had he been my first I totally would have ended up circumcising him because I didn't know any differently I didn't know that there was another option because in America that's just the default option is circumcision and so but then that's why I sit there and of all my my friends kids and everything else like he's the only one that is uncircumcised and intact but I don't care because that's, that's, this is my family and that's their family. And if they want the information from me, if they're like, Hey, Nicole, I know you've researched this. Can we talk about it? Great. But I don't think it's my job to like change people's minds. I just try to model the best I can what I feel is right. And if they're interested or if they're intrigued with what I'm doing, then I will happily share information. But I love my friends regardless of our differences in parenting choices because we're both doing what's right for our family in a lot of ways. We're doing the best we can and we're doing what feels the best. And at the end of the day, that's really what matters. That is just such a beautiful, (laughs) a beautiful sentiment that is, it feels like it's lacking. I can see why you have such a big community because there's so few people that are saying what you just said, that are saying you make your choices. I make my choices. We can all still be friends. We can all still hang yeah. out. We can all still be. There is so much, I think, more than there ever has been. There's so much division Absolutely. right now, especially. But there always kind of has yeah. been, at least in my parenting journey, circumcision, vaccines, yeah. homeschooling, breastfeeding, screen time. Oh, yeah. Like there's, It feels yeah. like each of these parenting topics has the potential, especially on a Facebook yes. page, <laughs> to just... But also, you know, in other arenas to just be explosive, to be divisive, yeah. to, to have people kind of stake their their side. It's such a beautiful thing that you just said of like, I can do my thing, you can do your thing. Yeah. How how does that play out for you on the Crunchy Mama page? I just like have yeah. curiosity as a Facebook administrator yeah. myself, like what, how do you do that? How do you take that sentiment that you just said and like weave it through your community? Yeah, so I... I get yelled at a lot by people, (laughs) either through messages or comments or whatever it might be about how I'm not like this. I don't take this straight and narrow path in, you know, crunchy mom and, you know, crunchy momhood and stuff like that. And I just, I go by my own experience and I just, I know that that's not how it works. And I know that I tell people continuously on my page, like, yes, you know, you might feel a certain way about this, but then you might also be doing something differently that isn't considered crunchy. You know, you might not be as, you know, no one's perfectly natural minded because it's just impossible. It's impossible to be. So it's something I do post continuously. I want to be inclusive of everybody on the page. And the thing that I feel like is the biggest barrier is I have a lot of moms on there who will jump on a post and it'll be a, a mom who's looking for advice, who's obviously a new mom, you know, so it might be a mom wanting to know about breastfeeding and like, oh, I formula fed my first baby, but the second baby, I really want to breastfeed. You know, how can I be successful in that? And that is a awesome question. And it's an awesome thing that they want to try to breastfeed. But then these moms get on and they're like, shaming formula, shaming the way that other moms are doing things. And that's really not helpful. That's not helping a mom feel supported in her breastfeeding journey. That's just making someone feel like shit. And there's no there's no point in that. That's not educating anybody. That's not getting you anywhere. And so that's like the biggest thing is like the inclusivity. Like I try to just like 
you know, I try to just talk about that as much as I can because everyone had to start from somewhere. And, you know, if, if, if I would have gone on a page and I wanted advice and these moms just shamed me, I would probably be very, I wouldn't want to go back on that page possibly because I would feel bad. I would feel my feelings would be hurt. So I really just try to get moms to understand that it's so important to support each other, regardless of where we are in our journey. And I think that for the most part, it is appreciated. I I get messages and I see comments of moms just thanking me for this community and for being so open and also for honestly sometimes condemning the crunchy world in other ways because it is so um, closed off in in um, the way that they do things. You know, you have to do things a certain way. But I just don't think that that's, I don't think that's even necessary. I think you do the best you can. And I think we just need to support each other. And that's really what I'm always trying to do with this page. <laughs> it sounds like actually, it sounds like you're taking the gentle parenting yes. sort of approach yes. and, and just applying that to life yeah. and to other people, Absolutely. right? Like we're gently, gently including yeah. and educating and supporting with always the eye to support, yeah. not to like, demonize any one thing or one approach um speaking of circumcision one of my favorite um both of my sons are whole uncircumcised intact whatever you want to call it um and I love your whole baby which is like your whole baby.org and they have a Facebook community and part of what I love about them is that they are so so gentle it's you know they give really good information but they give it in a way and they demand of their members to give it in a way that you can be open to it because the people that post in there are like hey I don't know anything about this please you know help me find it and if you start showing horrible images and attacking people's choices it just shuts people off for any sort of you know topic or education it's just not how we learn we learn through play, yeah. number one. Um, but we learn when we feel good, when we're laughing, when we're open, when we're yeah. receptive. So I think that's such a beautiful Absolutely. way to to approach yeah. it for sure. Absolutely. I, I I agree. I think that the whole if if you're so if you want moms to be natural minded in your cause I feel like so many of these moms who are very intense about it, they mean well. They just they're like, Well, this is, you know, like we should be doing this, we should be trying this. But you know, if you love natural parenting and you want to help others be natural in their parenting, the main, the end goal is to help them. And by judging and talking down to people, you're never going to, you know, push them forward in their journey. You're just going to scare them away. Absolutely. So we have people listening, right? So for somebody who's listening to this, and knows about Be Her Village because they're interested in having support prenatally and postpartum and is thinking about their gift registry and their baby shower. They're also thinking or maybe open to hearing about how they could be a crunchy mom or what it yeah. means or what would your tips be for somebody who's like interest is peaked right now and and they're hearing cloth diapering. What sorts of things can we do yeah to be more eco-friendly, natural parents? What does that look like? So for some simple changes that you can make, I think I do believe cloth diapering really is a pretty simple change that can be made if you have young kids. Um, I 
cloth diapered both my kids. And I know people are scared away a lot by that because it is just, you are handling, you know, poop and you're washing these diapers and everything. But it really is very simple. As long as you have a washer and dryer, you don't even really need a dryer. You can like line dry them or just hang them out somewhere and stuff. Um, it really is simple and it does save a lot of money. I mean, I think... Don't get me wrong. I got obsessed and had to get all the cute prints and had way too many diapers. <laughs> it only saves money if you don't if you don't yeah. join a diaper my swap group. And then you just- my husband at one point was like, "I thought this was supposed to save us money," and I'm like, "Well, when a diaper is only like nine dollars a piece, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get these couple of cute prints." And you know, like it's it's so. I mean, I I used. Um, like Mama Koala for the most part with my kids because it is a fairly inexpensive brand. And there are, you know, I know I know a lot of people who swear by like Bum Genius and stuff like, and, um, you know, just lots of other brands. And those are a little bit more expensive, but mm-hmm. awesome diapers still. I just, I loved the prints and honestly the inexpensiveness of Mama Koala. So those are kind of the ones I used a lot. But that's one way, cloth diapering is awesome. Um the I I use reusable water bottles for my kids and I use like the stainless steel ones most of the time just because they my kids are they love cold water they love their water snobs like I am I'm like a total water snob I love like good water cold water like so that's another thing we use I use I am just like just to interject I literally do not understand people who don't like ice ice water because that's just everything I've always known yes. and I I try not to gatekeep water yes. drinking but like, right like whatever if you like lukewarm water oh. that's cool but also how and why yes. and what happened to you when you were a small child because who hurt you cold water is one of life's like simplest pleasures and it is my favorite and it doesn't matter the time no. of year or no. the weather I just really want you got to let the water sit in yeah. the ice for a few oh, minutes yeah. and then drink oh, it 100%. oh it's so it is good. and that's why I got like one of those um, big Yeti stainless steel water bottles for my birthday this year. And it's huge and it holds a ton of water and I'll just fill that up and let it sit and it keeps it so cold and it is just the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it. I also want to just quickly go back to the cloth diaper yeah. thing because I think that there's this, I cloth diapered yes. all three of my children. I actually, um, with one set of bum genius diapers yes. that I got for $400, my father bought it for me as like my yeah, baby shower gift. Awesome. So it did save us money because I didn't get into the diaper oh. treating game. Yeah. I did with baby wearing, yeah. but that's a different story. Um, but I think that there's this like idea that cloth diapering has to be super hard. Yeah. Like it has to be like multiple different parts and, and touching things. But like there's the technology has advanced Absolutely. so much that you can cloth diaper the same way you disposable diaper with just a little bit more laundry like it doesn't have to be folding and pinning and like multiple different parts like bum genius which is what I use they have all in ones that it's just like a regular diaper except when you're done you just throw it in in a laundry basket and when I started cloth diapering um I did it to save money and I did it too because of the environment because I just I had a hard time with the idea of just like piling up mounds of plastic um, from my babies. Um, but I did everything. My mother would always call me crunchy, not crazy, which is, which is like very, I feel like you and yes. I can connect on yes. that phrase, right? Um, where I would cloth diaper, but at night it was a disposable. Yes. So one disposable a day because I just like was never going to give up an 
a blink of sleep in order to live up to my crunchy yeah. ideal. So I was like crunchy during the daytime. Yes. Oh, <laughs> then at night I was like, yep. here, here's your as both, as both my kids got older and I just kind of like, I use the pocket diapers. So, you know, you could put in inserts and stuff and you could add in more. And mm-hmm. I use like some bamboo inserts and they were absorbent and great, but there just came to a point where like my son was peeing so much at night and peeing through them. And I was like, you know what? So we probably like, I don't know, probably like eight or 10 months old. I just started doing a disposable at night as well, because it's just, and that's, that's in, in, you know, that's the whole point I've tried, you know, making with crunchy parenting is you do the best you can. And at the end of the day, if you got to use a disposable diaper or some fast food French fries to keep your life going, that's what you do. Then you then you do the yes. thing. And I actually, when I had my daughter, my youngest, she was very sick. Okay. And I was told she had something called FIs, which is like a whole okay. nightmare all on its own. Um, but, but I had three kids under four. I was home with them. My husband was back to work. And I was so completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And I knew I had to give up one of my crunchy yes. things. And it was, in my mind, it was diapers, the cloth diapers, or it was yes. breastfeeding. Um, in retrospect, I probably should have given up both. It would have helped her heal faster, yes. but that's a, that's a whole other story. Um, but it was, I was just so okay with it. I just remember looking yeah. at him and being like, I can't do everything yeah. and the laundry is piling up. And so we just got disposables yep. and it was, it was fine. And it was, you know, you have to find your own balance exactly. um, in that. But if you can, if you have the capacity for it, it saves money. It um, is good for them. Yes. It's good for their little bums yes, to is. have, you know, um, genius. For their little bums yes. to have, you know, um, soft, natural yep. fibers next to them. And, yeah, and it's good for the environment, which is pretty It great. is. And it was, I mean, it was very simple um, once I got my routine down and stuff with it. And I think a lot of people think you're just going to be doing laundry all day long. But you don't have, you can wait, you know, you can wait for the laundry to pile up a little bit. Take a couple days. Do laundry every couple days. And just get, you know, when you're out and about, get a wet bag to put your dirty diapers in. I, that's a lot of times I hear people like, well, what am I supposed to do when we're not at home, you know, and stuff. And they make cute little, you know, travel size wet bags so that'll hold three or four diapers. And it, it, you just, it is maybe intimidating at first. I can totally see how it can be intimidating at first, but once you kind of get, Absolutely. yeah, you get going and stuff, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, and which is why it's so great to have your community and to have a place to get that yeah. information in a really, you know, low pressure yeah. sort of a way. So we've got cloth diapering, yep. water yeah. bottles, reusable water bottles. Awesome. What other simple little changes can we make to be more eco-friendly as parents? Definitely um, reusable bags. That's one of the biggest changes I think I've made because – I mean, all the time, like going out and about uh, Ziploc bags are like my go-to to put snacks in for the kids or for especially like grocery shopping. I mean, I'll come home and have 15 plastic bags, you know, from all the groceries I have to get throughout the week. And so if you can, using reusable baggies and stuff is an awesome way to be more eco-friendly. They make really cute ones on Amazon that really aren't that expensive that you can grab. They have them at stores too. And then of course the reusable grocery bags. Like I love Trader Joe's. I don't know if that's something that's around you or. Okay. Yes. I love Trader Joe's. They always have great, pretty inexpensive reusable bags. And if you, even if you just go to the store and every time you get groceries or once a month, you just grab one of those bags, pretty soon you'll have a way enough to do all your grocery shopping. It doesn't have to be, 
a big purchase in all of those, even just doing one at a time, it's still making a difference. And eventually you'll have enough where all your groceries can just come home in reusable bags. I love that. That's such a simple tip. And I actually find myself totally inadvertently creating quite a collection of reusable bags because I never remember to bring them. So I'm constantly (laughs) just like adding a couple more. I know. (laughs) But then I pass them along to people. I use them for very, like we just have so many reusable bags around our house. There is something that is just like, there's a pit in my stomach when I think about plastic consumption. Um, just how pervasive it is in our environment, in the oceans, in our kids' lives, leaching into them. I just have this like fear of, it's not, I mean, it's not like a fear. I don't have a phobia, but it's just, there's like a a gut reaction to plastic, knowing what I know now about it. And I love the idea of like finding ways to slowly replace ways that we use plastic. And one of the most you know, um, disposable ways that we use it is the, are those Ziploc yes. bags for school, for snacks, yeah. for camp, for daycare. It's like, or even if you're staying home with your kid, just like going to the park, you bring, yeah. you know, some grapes yep. or some something in a snack bag. Um, and that's a really easy they're, thing to swap They're out. kind of, they're more on the pricey side, but like those bent go boxes and stuff like that, those are an awesome alternative too for like school lunches. Cause you can put everything I can't remember what the brand is, but I just got one from Target, one of my favorite places in the world, (laughs) Um, for my daughter for school this year. It's not a Bentco brand, um, but it is awesome. It's got all the little areas for different food, and you can put, um, you can put, it just kind of gets rid of those plastic bags for you and everything. And, And another thing when talking about plastic would be straws too. I using metal reusable or they have silicone. The silicone ones are great too. Using those. They also have a combination. I have the um, metal with like a silicone tip. That's what I have right now on my, on my water bottle. I, I, uh, I love using those. My kids love using them too. They, they love straws. And if you can just, you can buy like multiple pack ones anywhere really. And they last forever and they're awesome. And also help with that plastic consumption. I love it. That's great. Um, Is there anything else that jumps out at you as something that you do that kind of falls into that um, co-parenting? I think the like another thing that I do try to do the best that I can is um, re like reusing in, in a sense. So like hand-me-downs for clothes with kids or, or, you know, say you've got a pair of pants that are too short from up for them, trying to sew them up into shorts or capris or something like that. Um, buying secondhand, there's so much stuff that already exists in our world. And we're always, you know, that all more is always being made and consumed. And I am a consumer for sure. It's one of my things that I try to get better at because I love shopping and I love kids clothes and I love but, you know, like I also try to buy from sustainably sourced um, clothing brands too. you know, primary and Burt's Bees are good. Um, I've done some research into it. I, I They are pretty good in terms of like how they're creating their clothes and the things that they're doing to help not hurt the earth more than, than it already has been. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love that. That was actually... That was a big part of what I did. I did it when I was a new parent, yeah. a brand new parent. A lot of it was out of necessity yeah. because we were losing my income so I could yeah. stay home. And I remember I got this um, 
this was like the score of a lifetime, but it was like $35 for like five huge black like contractor garbage bags filled with clothes for zero to five. It was like this family's entire kid clothes. And it was all like high quality stuff. I don't even think I bought any clothes for my two boys for like until they were six. It was was really unbelievable. Um, but even now, you know, I go to secondhand stores yep. once upon a child, oh, yep. I don't know yep, if you we have, have that too, but that's, oh, it's my favorite. That's, I get all of our shoes from oh, once yeah. upon a child because kids' shoes, yep. they grow so fast and it's like $40 it every time you want to get them a new pair of shoes and they need rain boots oh, yeah. and they need sandals and they need sneakers and they need dress they shoes. It's, it's absolutely it nuts. Is. Um, it's such a big part too of like Be Her Village is this idea that we don't have to gift all the stuff because the stuff exists. Like you said, there's just so there's an abundance of stuff. If you go to any mom group or swap or secondhand store or any of those like meetups, there's just, everybody's trying to give away toys, give away clothes with tags on, give away bouncers, give away strollers or, or, or selling them for like a quarter of the price. You know, it's just the stuff certainly exists out there. Um, already I love the idea of reusing yeah. that so that and I think, we can help our budget and our yes, planet absolutely and I think another thing that I don't know that I a lot of people think of is baby wearing you mentioned baby wearing and stuff and like I strollers use a lot of you know plastic and other materials to make and strollers are handy though at the same time they are handy and they are nice as kids get older and heavier to carry and everything else but I loved baby wearing too. And I felt like it, it helped because I, I have my stepdad bought me a stroller when my daughter was little and she's eight now. And I still have that exact same stroller that we use for my son when we need it and stuff. But I have never bought my a stroller because I just didn't, I used, I baby wore as much as I could. I love it. Baby wearing was for me, it was actually, it was something I wanted yeah. to do. But I ended up, my first baby was a high needs yes. baby. And for anybody who doesn't know what a high needs baby is, good for you. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. Um, <laughs> but basically, he was just a kid who needed to be held yes. all the time, needed to be breastfed all the time, needed, wouldn't sleep on his own, wouldn't be put down without crying. And he's, that's just kind of his personality. Yeah. You know, he's relatively anxious, maybe has ADHD. We're yeah. not really sure. We're yeah. figuring it out. But he's, that's just who he Absolutely. is. And it's the kid I yeah. got, you know, it was not the kid I expected. It's not the kid other people got, but he was my kid. And so while others have their newborns in strollers, he would literally would yeah. not let me put him down without screaming. So I ended up baby wearing out of necessity Absolutely. and it became something I just loved. It felt so normal and natural to have him on me where I could be responding to his needs and knowing everything sort of immediately. And he could be alert and aware and, and experiencing the world from my level versus in a stroller. It was a really cool experience. Um, I did, however, go down the baby wearing rabbit hole of like swaps. I, so for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know about the baby wearing community, there it's different now because it's oversaturated. Yes. So it's not as easy yes. to sell what you buy. But in the beginning, it was like this huge, like growing community. And so there you could buy something for a hundred bucks, sell it for a hundred bucks, get a new thing for a hundred bucks. And I basically spent like $150 total 
from the start to the finish, but then had like 15 to 20 baby wearing wraps and devices and all these things that I just, I don't know. I just, you buy one thing and then you sell it or you swap and you do all these things. And it was so much fun to like be able to try different things. And as my baby's needs changed and my needs changed, we could like try new things. And, oh, it was so much fun. It was a hobby in addition to just like a, uh, a thing to do that was natural. And it also connected me with other parents because it was a community. We would actually have meetups and we would, you kind of find your people through the baby wearing community, which was very Yeah, cool. absolutely. I, I had a similar experience. I fell in love with baby wearing and I, I stumbled my way through it. Cause at first, you know, like the, I didn't really understand much. And then I discovered Tula and all my money went down the drain. Not really. It was, worth, it was worth it. But oh man, the full wrap convert conversion, like, like, and I know not many oh people kind of know what that means, but it like, oh, it was just, I have a dreamy, like aqua blue mermaid wrap conversion Tula that I will never get rid of. My husband's always like, we need to sell that. I'm like, no, I will wear my grandchildren in <laughs> <laughs> that is everything I to me and I spent way too much money on it but it was like it meant so much to me and it was kind of something I did for myself because I had my first child at 19 and so I mm. I didn't have a lot for the first couple years that she was of her life you know we we got by with bare minimum we did what we could and then I was in school and I was doing better in life and I was like you know what I want this carrier. I love this carrier. And I was, I needed a toddler sized one, not like the standard size. And I went for Mm -hmm. it and it's just kind of, it's a good memory for me too, because it's like, I feel like the first thing I did kind of for myself in parenthood, you know, that I was actually able to do for myself. (laughs) That's really beautiful, Nicole. That's really beautiful. And it's, it's an important reminder to sometimes do the thing that feels luxurious, that feels over yes. the top, that feels like too much. Just do it if it feels good. Cause I don't, I don't think we do that no. enough, especially for ourselves. Absolutely. We do that for our kids. Oh constantly. yeah. I would love to ask you a little bit about what it was like being a teen yeah. mom and being younger. I'm assuming than most yes. of your <laughs> mom peers. What was that like for you? Were you able to find um, or fit in or connect with other mothers? What did that feel like? Honestly, for the first couple years of my daughter's life, I I found some mom friends, but I had a really awesome group of friends that never left my side even after. I had to bring around a cute little, you know, infant everywhere we went. And honestly, for with my daughter, her... Um, her dad has not really ever been around in her life and stuff. And my husband now is, is dad to her and he's amazing. And I'm so thankful that he came in and picked up those pieces and filled that hole and everything. So, but, um, I was surrounded by an awesome group of people, my parents, my sisters, my best friends, they all just, they supported me. They loved me. They didn't care that I had a kid when we went to dinner or when we came over, you know, they never, never minded. And like my best friend, Travis, he kind of played a, like a father figure role to some extent until my husband came around. He, me and him were together all the time. And he really was just like, he's been so helpful in my own parenting journey too, because 
he actually owns a play-based preschool here where I'm at. And, and I have learned so much through that. And, and I was the director there for a couple of years and a teacher there. And I'm actually, we just moved back, like I mentioned. And so I'm actually going to be a teacher there again, part-time because I'm going to finish up school. So it's, it's, I just was blessed with an awesome community of people. And like my, my friend Dexy, she has a little one who just turned one and he is the cutest thing thing, but she, we were just on a trip um, to the Ozarks like two weeks ago. And she had posted this cute picture on Snapchat that just made me sit back and think for a minute because it was her with my daughter. And she was like, it was something about how Mia, my daughter was like the first baby in her life of all her friends and who really started her love of motherhood. And that just made me so happy because I just like having friends who love your kids is one of the best things because like your family and you know, they're having them love your kids is amazing too. But like your friends choose to love you and your kids, even, even if it isn't always like I was 19, my, like my friend Travis and Dexy are both like younger than me by like a year or two. And so they, they like, were even younger than I was. And still we we're just walking around like <laughs> these 18, 19 year olds with this little baby. And they were just amazing. And, and I think in those hard days, those were some of the harder days of, of my parenthood journey. They really pulled me through along with my sisters and my parents and stuff. Cause I've just always had an awesome community. That's really, really beautiful. And I think that that is yes. one of the biggest factors of, of yeah. how we feel in parenthood is how supported we are, um, whether it's by professionals, by a Facebook page, or by the people day in and day out of our lives. Yeah. So oh, it's so beautiful that you had access to that. Yeah, you need that community of people. And I, I will forever be thankful that they didn't, you know, I did have friends who kind of did drop off after I had my after I had my daughter and stuff. And I, I knew it was going to happen because we were young and everyone was partying and just having fun at that point. And I, I had a baby and I very quickly changed my mindset once I found out I was pregnant because I, I wanted to be the best mom I could be, even if the statistics were against me and a lot of people were against me. I was like, no, I'm going to be the best thing mom I can be for this little girl. It was so helpful to have like my, my sisters helped with her so much and they just, and my parents and I don't know. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just, it made me a better mom to have all these people around to support me. That's really beautiful. I love it. (laughs) Nicole, you are such a light and I I just, I'm so grateful to know you and to have this conversation and to be supportive of what you're doing. And I appreciate your support of what we're doing with Be Her Village. And it feels like we're all working towards the exact same thing, which is getting people the support they need so they can be the best parent that they are and it's it's just so great to know you and I'm really grateful I'm so happy to meet you guys I really like I was so excited when Jess messaged me and I I'm super excited to be a part of all this and to see how you guys grow too because I think what you're doing is amazing and so needed because like we've been talking about all this stuff like yes it's nice to have the stroller or the crib or you know but at the same time moms get overlooked so much in this process and they're they're changing so much their lives are changing so much and they're going through a huge um you know hormonal emotional life change and a lot of times 
of course, everyone is focused on the baby because it's cute new little life that's just so innocent and beautiful. But then there's this mom who, you know, has gone through all of this and has a long road ahead of her, especially as a new mom, to figure out just her new life. And I think it's so important to focus on moms. And I truly believe that moms who are loved through their journey will always be better, like the best version of themselves because they need that love. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love it. I just love it. Love it. It's, just, it's, it's like such a great, it's beautiful to hear someone talk about what I'm working on. Cause it just reminds me again and again, this is so important and it's just, you're so right. It's, it's about supporting each other so we can be the best parents and best version of ourselves yeah. that we, that we can be. That's really Absolutely. great. It is so great to meet you. You're just, it's so nice you're like you. the opposite of what Facebook is in my head. And you're just, you bring this warmth and this empathy and this non-judgment and this grace and this gentleness and it's so needed and refreshing and I'm really really happy to know you thank you it's definitely been a journey on my part too to figure out kind of who I am as a mom and as a person as a person who's supporting other moms and how to do that the best that I can and I don't totally have gone through my own spurts of realizing I'm being way more judgmental than I needed to be and that that's not going to be helpful and all those things at the end of the day I just it's been trial and error and I've had lots of error lots of you know experiences in life and in parenthood and I I am happy and thankful for them because I I really love who I have been able to become through them all so (laughs) it's it's beautiful and it's just (laughs) it's so true you know I think there's this idea of like the perfect mother you know that we all have to be perfect from day one but that's not even close to the truth I think that being a perfect mother is making mistakes learning yep. from them, crying again, yep. making more mistakes. <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. Repeat. <laughs> There's like got 10 mistakes for every, for every like victory that you have, but then that victory is so good and it's so worth it. And so worth every bump in the road to get there. And you do get there. You just gotta, it just takes time and patience. And I think an open mind as well. Awesome. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, and have a great rest of the day. It was so great to meet you. You too. It was so nice to meet you. I'll talk to you later.